you're always rewarded for being generous and for not putting someone in a tough situation when you had leverage not to. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too. And make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We don't get into any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. Today is Saturday. I hope you're having a best ever weekend. And because it's Saturday, we're doing a special segment called Situation Saturday, where we have our best ever guests talk through a challenging situation that they were in and how they overcame it. That way, should you or I come across that specific situation or something like it, We have a roadmap of how to approach it. It's always nice to have a blueprint, a cheat sheet, or how not to approach it, depending on which direction this story takes us. With us to tell us a story about his situation is Cameron All. How are you doing, Cameron? Hi there, Joe. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Well, my pleasure and looking forward to diving in a little bit about Cameron. He is a real estate investor. He is based in... Salt Lake City, Utah, and he's going to get into his background a little bit more detail. So Cameron, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus right now? Yeah. So I am a husband and father. I have two young boys. I am a real estate agent with Century 21 Everest Realty, and I'm also an accountant. So I'm a number cruncher. I'm an agent, loves real estate, and I'm also an investor. And recently, I sold my personal residence where my family was staying and bought a new place. But there was a situation that came up where we almost lost the deal. So if the best ever listeners have ever sold their home via for sale by owner, you probably know that there can be some challenges with that, not being represented by an agent. And one of the challenges that we faced was 
the buyer was a little wishy-washy with her decisions. And with the prior, she said she wanted our property. We staged it and she loved it. And she told us that, oh, I'm going to go with a different deal and go with a different property closer to my friends. So we gave up on that. We said, oh, we're not selling our home. <laughs> and then she came back a couple weeks later and said, I want to buy your place. I backed out on the other deal. And so, of course, it makes you somewhat nervous if she already has a history of backing out. And what ended up happening is we agreed. We went under contract with her and we started looking more for a new home. And the reason the stakes were so high is because my family was involved and my family is the most important thing to me. So my family wouldn't have a place to live if I didn't get something under contract and get things moving. So what I did is we got a wonderful place under contract. It fantastic deal has about $60,000 of equity built in and it's located on the hill in the East Bench in North Salt Lake, which is about 10 minutes from the capital. Really nice area. The homes are valued from 300 to a million dollars in the area. And we got our deal for 265 with all the neighboring homes being at least three, 400,000. So we are quite happy with that. Was that on the MLS? Yes, we found it on the MLS. The days on market was about 60, 65 days. And the person who owned it had multiple properties and he was just looking to get rid of it because he had inherited it from his father and his father passed away. So it had like a sentimental value. And so that was his motivation. Mm -hmm. So back to the home we were selling, the lady got wishy-washy. And after we had already set a price and got ready for the due diligence period, she came back and said, oh, I just had an agent pull comps on the properties in the area. And <laughs> she said, oh, like you're going to need to drop it $7,000 or basically I'm backing out because it's not fair to me. So there are multiple lessons I learned in this. First of all, sometimes it's okay to drop the price. And I say that because the deal would have fallen through and it was still a good deal because there was no agents involved, meaning no commissions, and she was paying a lot of the clothing costs. So there's only a small amount of the clothing costs and then there was straight profit after paying off the mortgage. Mm -hmm. What were the numbers on it? I had originally bought it a year and a half earlier for 183 and the original REPC price was 220000 and we sold it to her for 213 so 7000 less. And our closing costs were about 1500 so it was return on investment of about 10% annually just by living in the place. Mm -hmm. And why were you so focused on selling it to this one lady? Is it because there wasn't a demand for it from other people? No, no. This area is great. It's Foxborough community in North Salt Lake, and it has a lot of young families and a very high demand. They turn quickly. But 
because being an accountant and all of that, I had done the numbers. And in this particular circumstance, because I had a buyer, I was able to avoid the large commission that I would have had to pay, which would have been anywhere from 3 to 7%. Mm-hmm. So you're saying if your buyer had been represented by an agent, then you would have had to pay an initial fee so she was more desirable because she wasn't represented by an agent either. Yeah, and she had already discussed with me, oh, let's avoid the agent thing. I know how to do this, which she had some (laughs) experience with it. (laughs) But of course, there was a lot of problems and complications in the transaction because we didn't use an agent. So that was part of the lesson. But in my particular circumstance, I used my judgment and thought, okay, I can either make 20... 25,000 for top dollar or I can make 35 to 45,000 doing it myself in this case which is a young father that's a huge difference <laughs> so we ended up making about $36,000 on it and then of course buying this place we made another 40 to 50 at least of built-in equity mm-hmm Sounds good. Sounds like you've got a deal that ended up making sense. A couple lessons learned with lowering the purchase price. So seeing the big picture, instead of being focused on winning a negotiation, taking a step back and looking at overall where are you at with the deal. And then also knowing that you have demand for your property, but again, What's the opportunity cost? Because sure, you could open it back up to other people, but ultimately they might be represented by real estate agents where you would be subject to the fee and that would hurt your profit. So really it's just a matter of an opportunity cost assessment. Anything else as it relates to this transaction and the situation that you want to touch on? Yes, I had another lesson. A day or two before settlement, we had <laughs> we had a pretty fun situation come up it was a test of my integrity actually so and a test of the buyer's integrity which i feel that i handled the situation the best originally the buyer had said that she would pay all closing costs but because of her inexperience she didn't know that there were closing costs on both my side of the transaction and her side at least that's what she claimed And a couple days before closing, we were still disputing and trying to come to terms with who is going to pay the seller's closing costs. And we had it in writing, sort of. Then I realized, oh, yeah, it's not in the Repsy. It's not an addendum. And because I didn't have it in writing due to the statute of frauds, it wouldn't be enforceable by law. And so I knew, okay, it wouldn't be enforceable by law about the closing costs, paying the closing costs, and I want the transaction to go through. And so even though she had orally told us that she would pay our closing costs and that she claimed didn't, I paid my closing costs. And I did that because I'm a man of my word and I went by what the contract stated even though it wasn't in my favor. Mm. I feel that long-term, that will help me be a better business person and a better real estate investor. 
nothing more valuable than integrity and the character that each of us have. That's for sure. It's reputation, perhaps, but really it's about our character because reputation is subjective based on people's perceptions of us, whereas character, I feel, is an inward-facing thing where it's what we have under our own control versus what others perceive about us. So thanks for sharing that, and certainly wasn't in your favor, but you also could have lost the deal if you didn't sign it. So there were some business reasons behind it, I'm sure. And I was receiving some external validation too, meaning the title company that we use, the escrow officer, and some of the processors that we were working with, they sided with me. They had been involved in the transaction the whole time, and they knew that she was trying to get a little extra money out of us. So the escrow officer was actually upset about it. I just said, I'm going to follow what the contract states. And I know that that will be good for the long term because just two months later, I get my real estate license. And I have a code of ethics to follow. Absolutely. And I can tell you I'm buying my primary residence with my fiance and we're closing on it. Oh, a little bit after this interview airs. So everything's been negotiated. But one thing that happened recently is we had agreed to a purchase price that was $10,000 more than the asking price than it was listed for. And everyone's probably listening to this like, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, I'm looking at this primary residence not as an investment in financial means. I look at it as an investment in quality of life. So I have plenty of other opportunities to make money on investment properties. But on the primary residence, looked at it for a quality of life investment. So the appraisal came in $1,000 less than the listing price. So that is $11,000 difference that we had agreed upon. So our lender wanted us to go back and renegotiate or we have to come up with just more money at, at closing, which is fine, but would rather not do that, rather borrow at these wonderful interest rates. So what we did is we asked the seller, we told them about the appraisal and we asked the seller, what would they like to do? Instead of proposing something, and they came back with an amount, they said, okay, we'll give you the property at the appraisal price, but instead of $10,000 closing costs that we're paying, which is what the seller was paying in the original contract, we're only going to pay $3,000. And the net net was basically a wash at the end of the day. And I know, I know I could have gone back to them and negotiated $2,500 more. I know it because they're building a house. They're moving out of this house. They're closing on their new house the same day they're closing on this house. I know for a fact because they're in a, a, a tight spot with timing, but they've been great all along to work with. And we chose not to push them to the brink of, oh man, are do we really want to do this deal? Do we need to back out? This is stressful. And then this morning, I got an email, and the seller was actually asking us if we wanted their dining room set, entertainment center, and like these two big wardrobe dresser things. And in total, it's probably $2,000 worth of stuff. 
And we're like, yes, absolutely. We need some stuff to put into the house. So the point is that when I had an opportunity to do something that would probably make me $2,000, $3,000, but also put a bad taste in everybody's mouth, including my own, we chose not to do that. And lo and behold, the universe rewarded us with the sellers actually offering us about $2,000 worth of furniture that they're going to keep at the house. So similar situation that you just came across and certainly the universe has a way of rewarding us when we make the right decisions. You're always rewarded for being generous and for not putting someone in a tough situation when you had leverage not to. Yep. Absolutely. And I've been on the receiving end of being in a tough spot and the leverage being maxed out against me on deals and it's no fun and it does leave a bad taste in your mouth and you remember it. You certainly remember it and you know who are your allies and who are your foes in certain circumstances. So, well, thanks so much for being on the show. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me on LinkedIn at Cameron D. Hall. I'm on there a lot and I'll definitely respond to you. Awesome. Well, Cameron, wonderful time spending with you today on Saturday. I hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever.